This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. The Congress theater's purgatory status may soon come to an end and get a second lease on life. The Chicago City Council's Finance Committee approved a $27 million subsidy that'll go toward renovations of the once movie theater that has seen years of vacancy and neglect. The 97-year-old Congress theater is one of few ornate-style buildings around the city. So here to discuss the iconic architecture and the hopeful second chance is Executive Director of Preservation Chicago, Ward Miller. Welcome back, Ward. Well, thank you, Sasha Ann. It's been great being here. And CEO of Chicago Architecture Center, Eleanor Gorski. Welcome back to Reset. Thank you. So the Congress Theater on Milwaukee, it's not an easy feat to renovate. So Eleanor, I know that you actually worked on the theater's preservation. So tell us a bit about its history. Um, so everything that you guys have heard about its past is true. Um, when I was at the city of Chicago, I, uh, was fortunate enough to work on it when it was occupied, when I actually had shows and was able to see the building when it was being used. So there were, um, small businesses in the retail section along Milwaukee. Um, certainly the apartments were occupied. The theater was being used. But it definitely needed code upgrades and a lot of work done to make the theater uh, more profitable and um, able to accept many more diverse shows. Um, And then from there, I mean, you know the history. We've gone through a couple developers with that building. And it's a challenge because of its size, the diversity of uses that also makes an interesting building also makes it a challenge to use different types of historic incentives as well as financial incentives mm-hmm. and financing. Yeah. Well, the theaters it's described as as built in the classical revival and Italian Renaissance style. Mm-hmm. Ward, describe that for us. What what are the features of that style inside and out? Sure. So, you know, you've got this beautiful palatial building uh sort of harking back to classical European styles, mm-hmm. right? It's meant to be a place of arrival and destination. It was built to sort of take you away from your everyday life, right, and throw you into this enormous palace with a three-story lobby, uh, an elaborate theater uh, that almost has a sort of a circular proportion to it. Not really. It's it's really more rectangular. Yeah. But it, it has that feeling. I think that comes from the dome and some of the other features, the architectural features of, of the building. But, you know, an amazing structure that uh, uh, it's, it's renovation and revisioning and reuse will yeah. be transformational to this section of Milwaukee Avenue and also to the Logan Square, uh, at Bucktown and Wicker Park communities together. Well, speaking of reuse, I mean, the, the plans are, as I understand, to keep the theater as a, a live music venue, mm-hmm. right? What would be the necessary changes um, to to renovate, but also, to your point, preserve this style? Well, remember that it was a music venue before it was closed down 10 years ago. Uh, it, uh, the theater seats had been removed from uh, a good portion of the auditorium space, if you will. Uh, but what we're really excited about, of course, is the renovation and restoration of the building, its terracotta facade, its signage, marquee, the interior spaces, which have seen a lot of water infiltration, really just due to, you know, lack of maintenance and deferred maintenance. But also we're excited about the affordable units, the affordable apartments uh, and offices that will be in the space, as well as the reactivation and restoration of the storefront. So, So together, this is really an amazing package. And we're hoping that, you know, projects like this in the future will influence 
you know, the Central Park Theater on the west side. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Uptown Theater that we think McPeer should take over as their North Side Convention <laughs> Center. A little plug for that Uh-oh. idea. Okay. And uh and concert venue because you really need public subsidies in a lot a lot of times to catch up with this deferred maintenance. Uh, First Ward Alderman Daniel Espada said uh, that he views this as uh, a genuine community development mm-hmm. project. Speak to that, Eleanor. I mean, how is, is having that local support going to help the project? Well, certainly the community needs to be in favor of extending the TIF, which, you know, the TIF um, increment financing was set to expire. And I understand that the community and the aldermen as well as others supported the extension of that. Um, So that's very important because this wouldn't get off the ground, as Ward said, without the city subsidy. And it was increased, unfortunately, due to the poor conditions that the building has suffered through its vacancy. Mm -hmm. Um, So in addition to that, I think... Think the community made it well known they want affordable housing in there that had to be part of the project i understand that there are other controls on the project that needs to be occupied that a certain amount of the um the rent needs to be written down to allow local businesses to be on the property so yeah. i think we're all going to be watching this as a model to see how it is working for the community and i'm so proud and excited of the aldermen and DPD coming up with this, as well as the rest of council. You mentioned there the condition of yeah. the building, right? As we've talked about, it was shut down for the last decade. Help us understand what kind of damage does vacancy and neglect oh my do gosh. to a building? Especially a building like this. Um, yeah. You know, when you have a performance space that needs to be finely tuned with floors that you know, musicians and dancers can walk across any type of moisture infiltration can cause havoc even over one winter. And especially if the building is not heated, then you get to see um, buckling, um, pipes bursting, mm. that destroys yeah, the plaster. Yeah, where has it been falling apart mostly? Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't been in it recently, but in the photos that I've seen, a lot of the upper floors have floor leaks, and I I would bet that wherever there is a heating system with pipes, those have burst, and those could be anywhere in the walls throughout the building. I don't know, Ward, have you been in lately? Uh, not in the past couple of years since the pandemic, but yeah. there's a lot yeah. of water damage even to the hallways uh, off the lobby, feeding the theater as mm-hmm. well. So, so would it take a, a while project. then for, for folks to be able to start using this theater again? Well, I think we're a couple of years probably from yeah. uh, seeing it open. But, you know, we're also excited that the city and private uh, ownership has come together for the Romova Theater in Bridgeport mm-hmm. that was empty for three decades. Yes. So, you know, this is, again, um, the city of Chicago working with communities, uh, DPD, Historic Preservation Division, otherwise known as Landmarks, mm-hmm. and community representatives and organizations all coming together. And that's why this is all so beautiful. And uh, in our world at Preservation Chicago, uh, whenever there's, uh, whenever we're talking about a landmark building, uh, the idea of using TIF for a building that's recognized by ordinance mm-hmm. as a landmark, if you will, that belongs to all of us is so worth it. These are these are TIF dollars that are well invested in our landmarks. And, yeah. and this is the most sensitive type of development. And we oftentimes forget that this is development. We think of the 30, 40, 50 story building, yeah. but a reinvestment in our landmarks with the city's help. Uh, public-private partnership is amazing and the most sensitive type of development we can get out there. Yeah, I mean, is that a, a, a common practice for the city to, to ask developers to also be looking into the surrounding area? I, I would defer to Eleanor on that. 
Um, absolutely. It's become more of a practice, I would say, in recent years. Um, but certainly listening to the community, like I said, with having local businesses, mm-hmm. with the affordable housing, I think these are all things we're going to see more of in the future. And I believe the mechanisms are in place now to really hear these issues and act on them when it comes to city agreements. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. The Congress Theater on Milwaukee Avenue might be getting a second chance at life with more funding to complete renovations. Here to talk about the renovation and historic architecture is Executive Director of Preservation Chicago, Ward Miller, and CEO of Chicago Architecture Center, Eleanor Gorski. So some of the iconic features that we've been talking about, like the the lobby and the uh, ornate pieces, they will be restored. Absolutely. How difficult is that to do? I mean, does the development team maybe have their work cut out for them? I I don't think the restoration of the decorative features are going to be the issue. There are plenty of great craftsmen in Chicago who can do that. I think that where the heavy lift is going to be is digging into any type of structural damage that may have been caused by the years of neglect. Um, Just really figuring out exiting and what needs to meet current codes as well as all of the systems in the building will need to be replaced. So stuff that no one will ever see is going to be the hard yeah. Part, in my Always opinion. Is. Always right. Is. And the most expensive. Yeah, I mean, okay, so this theater is going back to 1926. And to your point, the standards and codes for buildings. Absolutely. They've changed, what, considerably since then, right? Yeah. So, I mean, as, as we're seeking to renovate the building now, could that complicate things? No, I mean, not, um, the previous projects on this building had it figured out. So I'm um, fully confident that this team can as well. And, you know, it's just tweaking a few things. It's not like you need to start over. And um, I'm, I'm fully confident this team will get it. Yeah. Um, the, the Congress Theater, I mean, what style of buildings were popular around the city back then? I'm, I'm, again, I'm still stuck at 1926. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, think and of, what was happening around Chicago at that time? So just Take think, of, think yeah. of an explosion of movie theaters that would <laughs> just whisk you away from your everyday life, right? <laughs> Think of uh, uh, marvelous hotels like the Edgewater Beach Hotel, uh, the Hilton on Michigan Avenue, the Blackstone. Uh, uh, think of the South Shore Cultural Center, which was the South Shore Country Club, mm-hmm. all happening. These big public works projects, also people sort of uh, getting over the fear of water, you know, water and uh, waterborne illnesses like cholera, you know, we're part of early Chicago and, you know, sanitation measures had been sort of bumped up. So suddenly beaches were open for swimming and recreation and, you know, these amazing features. It was, uh, you know, Chicago was really uh, into the groove, so to speak. Yeah. And, of course, we had a huge building boom in the loop with so many of our Art Deco and Art Modern structures from, you know, uh, really the Wrigley Building, Tribune Tower, Board mm-hmm. of Chicago Board of Trade, 333 North Michigan Avenue Motor Club building. The the list goes on. So it was really a a high point, of course, before the 1929 crash and depression and, of course, World War II. I'm also also thinking of how how many of those examples you gave still exist today. I think most of them. Yes. Yeah. And and I want to add, too, for your listeners, like the Music Box Theater and yeah. how it's atmospheric on the inside. That's what I think Gorge. of that really, you know, epitomizes kind of what was happening at the time, what Ward's describing. Absolutely. You know, and some people, they could argue $27 million, that's too much money to, to go toward an old building. 
So what do you say to that? Why, why continue to push for efforts like these? Well, th- think about the building, and if, if your listeners haven't driven by, it literally is a giant block along Milwaukee Avenue, first of all. And I know when city council considers these things, they look at the loss of taxes that we've lost for, what, over a decade right now, and they also look at what the taxes will be once this building is put into service, as well as the affordable housing benefits, everything. So all that is weighed against the city assistance. So dollars and cents, first of all. Yeah. Um, and also, it's a community asset. Um, the people of that community feel so much pride in it. They have waited years for this to happen. So I think that that is priceless, right, to yeah. make that happen. Any thoughts, Ward? Well, we were involved in getting it landmarked uh, back in 2002, and that was Logan Square Preservation of Preservation Chicago. We were only – Preservation Chicago was only a year old at the time, uh, and we uh, we were there to, to make sure that this had a good preservation outcome. And, you know, there have been a lot of false starts, but um, – Hoping that this time it really does take off with the subsidy. It's a great team coming together. And so, you know, forever forward. And let's make this a great success story because we have a number of other theaters we want (laughs) to save. And and to that end, before before I wrap, if folks do want to learn more about local landmarks in the city, where should they go? Yeah, well, we have plenty of walking tours at the CAC, both downtown and neighborhood tours. I'd encourage you to go to our website and Open House Chicago is coming up in October, and all of these places will be open. So all those theaters you want to see, all mm-hmm. the buildings were listed. You can go in and check them out. And you'll be back to tell us about Open House. <laughs> Would love to. For sure. That is Eleanor Gorski, CEO of Chicago Architecture Center, and Ward Miller, Executive Director of Preservation Chicago. Thank you both so much. Oh, thank, thank you. you.